Book, 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 boys. Uh. Oh, yes. Yes, sure. Hi, Repo Boys. Uh, hello, fans. Hello, listeners. I know, I know you're very confused because you're like, oh, two weeks ago it was Hi, Repo Boys, a uh, Book Boys production. And then a week ago it was Book Boys. And now it's Hi, Repo Boys again. What happened there? No. And I, uh, I just wanted to take this opportunity. Pete, I know you're going to be embarrassed about this, but the fans need to know. Last week, we, we had, after doing a High Republic book, we had a new subsidiary for these High Republic books, High Repo Boys. And our first episode was, of course, incredible. It was a great debut of High Repo Boys. Last week, we talked about Part 2, The Paths. And after that happened, and Pete, I know I'm not trying to embarrass you, but you did a brave thing. And I feel like people need to know, Pete came to me privately and said, Josh, my performance in last week's episode was not up to snuff. It was not worthy of the High Repo Boys name. <laughs> I think it should just be book boys. I don't think it was good enough to be high repos. I disagreed. But then he said Thank that you. And I listened back and I thought, oh, never mind, you're right. Um, oh no. So we had a discussion. Uh, and so last week's episode did did end up being a book boys because it was not quite high repo boys material um, for several different reasons, which will be apparent when you listen back on that episode. Um, this week, you know, we're, we're coming correct. It's still bright and early daylight. You know, we're, we're, we're energetic. I'm confident that this will be up to snuff and it will be, uh, another episode of, of high repo boys after a lot of discussion about what high repo boys is and where it fits into the overall umbrella of boys LLC. I can announce that we have decided that, Rather than being another in a series of joint ventures, a la Poe Boys, a la Pedro Boys, a la Tano Boys, um, High Repo Boys will be more something that I personally oversee, more of a side project, uh, so to speak. Uh, but it will still, of course, be on this feed. And you will still, of course, always get to hear High Repo Boys. I'm just shocked to use the words, uh, the word we for everything you just said but um I yes. w-i-i <laughs> um what an opening has anyone it emailed was... us about how good of an improviser i am yet i haven't checked the email in a while i don't check the email anymore well oh hey um fans send us an email if you want <laughs> um we we love interacting with the fans oh my god we on, love interacting with the fans on, on our email that happening yeah poboys um podcast Hello, at gmail.com. um i don't think she listens anymore i don't think so she still follows me on letterbox though so that's nice oh cool um well i <gasps> wish here oh my god yeah chewy um that was a sound he is not happy. He's not a happy camper right now. Oh, I've, um, I've got your unhappy dog beat. I got a real here, unhappy here. dog here. So here, the only okay. difference is mine is hopped up on three different kinds of drugs. Um. Well, should we get into drugs yet, or should we? I have some. Stuff. I don't know why we shouldn't get into drugs, since as we discussed last week, the only thing making this Star Wars book an adult Star Wars novel is, of course, the use of drugs. Mm-hmm. And do you uh-huh. remember the name of the drug? Because they go into it in this part. It's like one of the first chapters in part three, The Storm, from the book Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. They talk about, about guy using drugs, right? 
the only thing I remember, and granted, like you read this book two weeks ago. I finished this book last week. Okay. So a lot of this is escaping me. They talk about death sticks at one point. Oh my gosh, do they really? I missed that. Yeah, when they're having the a party initially, they're like, oh, look at they're consuming that sweet, sweet calf. Not in the book. Oh, and then they say, you know, oh, they're, you know, some of them are taking some death sticks. Oh my goodness. We dig an email. So, can you not read spam? All right. I, look. You know, I have access to the same email. I'm just... I sent the below message to the wrong email address back in December. <laughs> Hi, um... first time, long time. After the emotional season finale of The Mandalorian, it had me thinking that this series is one of the better pieces of Star Wars content since the original trilogy. What would be in your triumvirate of Star Wars trilogies and series, excluding the original trilogy? Mine would be Rogue One, the sequels, and The Mandalorian. This is the way, Connor. Now, for for Perpendicity... What? Perpen- perpetuity? Perpetuity? Perpetuity. We should note that he... For perpendicular my, perpetuity. Mine would be R- Rouge One, the sequel mm. and the Mandalorian. So, mm-hmm. um, not to insult our fans, but this guy can't spell. So thank you, sure. Connor. <laughs> but you you read a lot of books. I read a lot of comics. We can probably give some sort of slightly less than predictable answer to this question. Say you have someone coming to you and is like, I love the original Star Wars movies, blah blah blah. Where do I go from here? What are the three what what where do you have three kind of pillars of Star Wars that you would point them to? Um three pillars. I mean also I mean obviously we wouldn't have this show or this friendship if not for the Clone Wars. Is really the only thing keeping us together. I mean, we 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 had mutual interests. They just what name one basketball work, maybe our workout routine. Oh, that's fair. I mean, and, and that's, that's something I was going to talk about today. I mean, we're both huge, huge swole boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's obviously Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. my brother just binged it, and he was like, oh, nice. "It was very, very good." And he watched the whole thing like start to finish. And I don't even do that uh, because there's droid episodes. And I've tried since the pandemic and I got about halfway through. And I mean, I didn't get like sick of it or whatever. I just, I don't know. I'm bad at watching television. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Um, Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang has dropped a few hints that he is currently watching Clone Wars. So that's getting out there. um, So I would say Clone Wars, um, Mm -hmm. Resistance, and then you'd think I would say Rebels. But actually... I want him to watch the Yeri, um, Yeriel Poof um, scenes from Star Wars Robot Chicken. They're on YouTube. I'm sure there's oh, more. Oh, boy. They're really good. They're really good. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. They're really good. Vamp up for a second, and I'm going to try and find them and give our listeners a specific thing to search for. Okay. So um, while Josh is doing that, um, our, our week in Star Wars... Um, we are covering. Well, I still haven't given my answer to the triumvirate. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this is. I mean, vamp on the subject. Oh, you the... Know, it's fine. Uh, you can just search for Yariel Poof, Robot Chicken, and it comes up. Yeah. So that's a pretty good triumvirate. Go through its resistance, its Clone Wars, and it is Yariel Poof on Robot <laughs> Chicken. 
<laughs> Which, by the way, fun fact, I, I'm looking at the screenshot of it now. Mm-hmm. And a uh, fun fact about that sketch is, uh, if memory serves, Donald Glover is the voice of Mace Windu in that sketch. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. My triumvirate would be, obviously, Clone Wars. Um, and then, I guess... If I was like trying to be like, here's something you might not have thought about, I would point to the Kieran Gillen, Salvador LaRocca, Star Wars Darth Vader comic book. Okay. Which follows what happens to Darth Vader immediately after his defeat uh, during A New Hope. Is that so the one like where, um, trilogy, that'd be good. Not to do a huge spoiler, is that the one where Palpatine six cyborgs on him? No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's part of it. So oh, that's that. horrifying. Then, yeah. I've read that. That's horrifying. And, and then, uh, I mean, I don't know. I I gotta say, I would point to the prequels. Like, I know that's an obvious answer, but more than the sequels for me. And granted, I don't have the benefit of hindsight, mm-hmm. you know. And I haven't, I haven't. The prequels haven't aged enough for me to recontextualize them. But the prequels are like, if you were stuck on a desert island with the prequel movies, like if you were a castaway situation and instead of a volleyball named Wilson, you had the Star Wars prequels and you watched them enough times on a desert island, you would come back with some hot freaking takes. There's a lot to like, you can really, you can really convince yourself. Like they really are what you hit the finish recording button with my face. Apologies <laughs> for that. Uh, I have very hot cheeks. I don't know what to say. Um, the the prequels are really what you put into them, though. Like, if you really want to hate the prequels, man, you can watch those movies and find everything they hate. But if you want to convince yourself, like me, that George Lucas was like a genius and was so far ahead of his time writing and making these movies, and that all of the obnoxious CGI is is part of the core, it it. it goes in tandem with a society at the height of extravagance that it's depicting. You can find it, baby. You can find whatever it's, whatever you bring in. It's a cave in Dagobah. Only thing in the prequels is what you take with you, man. So that would be my triumvirate. What a great uh, segue to one of the tweets that I wanted to bring up today. Oh, good. We're talking tweets. And this is of course our new segment. I'm talking tweets. Tweets, which is a staple of high repo boys yeah and you might think we don't actually look back that often too um because at a certain point our 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 neck muscles are so are that we they're so jacked it's Mm -hmm. physically painful for us to look behind ourselves uh because those it's it's a whole thing about tendons and muscles and stuff it's just yeah uh, you know tendons you have to live with um when you're as jacked to the nines as we are. Now, um, there's two tweets. Um, one is like a... Se- no. Um, one is actually about the prequels. Um, and I'd be interested to hear your... Um, your oh, I'm t- ready to go to bat, baby. <laughs> and my baseball bat is wrapped in barbed so, wire. Somebody tweeted at a mod best and said, um, did Palpatine let Mace Windu win? And Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, I wanted. Yeah, Ahmad Best said yes. Palpatine let Mace Windu win. Interesting. Two or three people were like, "No, dude." Blah 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 blah. And he's like, "Yeah, I was just there while he was doing it." Me. Um. So, I've I've 
I've always been the exact opposite, but what are your thoughts on that? So, and because that's the, yeah, I don't know. Because here's the thing is, I like to believe that Palpatine didn't have the upper hand and that Mace Windu would have killed him. But that, and so that would imply that Palpatine was like taken very much by surprise and really took a really long I don't know no I I still think yeah I think Mace Windu had the better of him and uh Palpatine was was he would have killed him if Anakin had not intervened that said and I I understand like on that best make I don't doubt that he was there and that he knows that that's the motivation that went into the performances um but that gets into one of my favorite subjects about storytelling and stuff, which is, you know, what's in the text. And so far as the movie goes, the movie doesn't provide an answer. Mm-hmm. And when the source material doesn't provide an answer, to me, that's an opportunity for the person ingesting that material to decide for themselves. So, I mean, that's something I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to. To me, I, you know... Without throughout the expanded universe, there's a bunch of references to Mace Windu being like the best swordsman that the Jedi Order has ever known, and his style being borderline dark side because it relies so much on aggression and stuff like this. Counterpoint a book, or it was just his specific thing with the Force? Uh, there's a Marvel miniseries about Mace Windu. I don't know if they reference it during that, but there's also like the visual dictionary that Pablo Hidalgo wrote breaks down like the different styles of Jedi combat. There's like seven they're numbered. I don't know. Mace Windu's is the most like Mace Windu's is like the least focused on defense and the most focused on offense. So yeah, I don't know. That's interesting though. Cause again, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, how much control does the source material have over something after they put it into the world? Like to talk about another phantom, perhaps parallel to our, to our own, you know, JK Rowling and Harry Potter universe famously keeps saying all sorts of stuff and adding on to her, her books after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, she says things like, you know, Oh, Dumbledore was gay, which is, Hey, that's great. Representation matters, but you didn't put that in the text. So you can, to my mind, J.K. Rowling can say Dumbledore's gay all she wants. She didn't put it in the text, and that's up. That's up to me. It's my decision to interpret. Mm-hmm. You know, because she she didn't leave any evidence for that. And you know, to my mind, and I've watched Revenge of the Sith plenty because uh, I love that movie so much. I feel like within the movie, there's no evidence one way or the other as to whether, like, how that's going. And we don't, yeah. I mean, I guess it's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could have done super lightning instead of just regular lightning, lightning. But to my mind, Mason Windu has the upper hand. I think, I think you're right. Um, and that's more, you know, you and I are not Windu, Windu haters. Um, no, no. You might, by no means, considered stands. Uh, so I, I, I would also disagree with. A mod best interpretation, which I the the parallel I see with it is Dave Filoni at multiple times, you know, will refuse to, you know, he refuses to say about Ahsoka and her connection to the Force or Kanan and his connection to the Force, and mm-hmm. there are multiple times where he would be like, I 
want to create a story where you, the viewer, can try and fill in the blanks and then your right. own mind goes through all of those things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think like another great example stemming from Dave Filoni is, you know, I, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but he's talked about in behind the scenes footage, making a point of Twi'lek, Twi'lek, like if he has the opportunity, ATAT, ADAT, if he has the opportunity to canonize both pronunciations of something, he will take it. Because it, you know, it, it widens the world and stuff. So I don't think it's a matter of who's right, who's wrong. Like, it doesn't No, Like, George, if George Lucas knocked on my door right now and told me, hey, Palpatine had the upper hand, he was just playing with Mace Window, I'd be like, that's a cool opinion, man. I can't help but disagree. Because it, you know, that's the nature of storytelling. You throw the story out there and it's out there. But, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I have one other story. Um, this There's is another tweet. Tw- There's more talking tweets. Um, it's it, this is this is a, a real bummer. All right, this is a real bummer. So, um, I don't know if you're aware of this person. Is this about? John. Is this about the High Republic show on YouTube? Yes, the High uh, Republic show. I caught, on YouTube. I caught one of that over the weekend, like an online. Yeah, I didn't watch okay. the show, but I yeah, I heard the. I so I haven't <laughs> caught it. I haven't caught the show yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't even. I tried to look for it, but it wasn't on the main Star Wars channel. Maybe it's there, really? or maybe it's a, se- a separate channel. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Christina Ariel, mm-hmm. um, she she's on Twitter. We follow her now. Um, she's the host of the Star Wars High Republic. She has a couple other shows. It looks like um, she's like a, a media member. Um, she's a black woman. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm saying that is um, when it was announced that she was have have this position, she posted just these horrid, horrid things that were said about her. Yeah. Um, She like copy and pasted just terrible, terrible stuff. Mm. And I mean, she had this tweet. Well, the last four, the 24 hours have not been the greatest. And just just all this like horrendous, horrendous stuff. And it just it really sucks that somebody who is getting like a dream position, you know, like able to work in star Wars at the start of something that, you know, is potentially going to be really, really huge. Just gets all of this like disgusting, uh, hate her way. Yeah. Uh, It's, yeah, it's, uh, coincidentally something that I had thought about a little bit earlier in the weekend. I just read, this book Nosferatu, which is by Joe Hill. It's a Horton. Okay. N O S four A two, like a license plate. They did an AMC show about it. But in that book, it kind of, to my mind, explores um, the ever extending period that is male adolescence and the pros and cons of that. You know, the pros being like, oh, you know, maybe you get like slightly less aggressive older men and the cons being like oh maybe you get horrible sexist bigots who are very violent and cling on to outdated notions of masculinity and femininity and it is this like really crazy thing of like i don't know 20 years ago like when you and i were born probably to be to be a guy who loves captain america i was like oh so you got wedgies all the time and now it's like mm-hmm. to be a guy who loves Captain America is just like, oh, you go to the movies like you've been to a movie before. So you love Captain America. 
And it's, you know, you think about like, oh, there was probably whole decades of people who interacted with these stories being like, oh, I wish I wasn't being condemned for reading comic books and liking robots and lasers and yada yada. And then, you know, people from that same culture, the spotlight is thrust upon them and they have a, a bigger voice and they have a platform and the things they like are more accepted. And all of a sudden the guy who likes Captain America is not getting shoved into a locker, but it's like, there's this very loud subsect of those people who are really abusing that. Um, mm -hmm. and it's very upsetting. Cause you, you know, I think you like to think narratively speaking that the downtrodden when given power become judicious or whatever, but that is uh that has certainly been proven time and time again, particularly within Star Wars fandom. I mean, I mm -hmm. I'm sure it happens with Marvel fans as well and stuff, but I mean I you know, I read comic books. I feel like I'm fairly up on what's going on with Marvel as well. I mean, I don't have a podcast about Marvel or whatever, but it's Star Wars in particular just really seems to be I don't know. We got we got some real losers. It's a bummer. It's a real bummer. Well, it's 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 also one of those things where it's a huge umbrella. So yeah. it at different points means a lot for different people. So, you know, at some point it's like an escape for people. Maybe it's something that you grew up with and then it continues to produce content that you enjoy. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that we probably fall into that category. And then there's the category that you're describing of the people that were huge fans before it was seen as part of like the lexicon. And that allows them to feel entitled and yeah. to express their own opinion that it's like a zero sum game to them that just because this um, black woman who is, I would imagine super qualified. I don't know her background. Um, I think that she's going to do a great job. Uh, they don't just hire people. Yeah. I mean, of uh, course she's always, she would have gotten a job if she wasn't qualified. Like it's yeah. not like there's only a few people in line for that position. Like they're no, not just it's... arbitrarily handing out that job to the first schmuck who walks up to the back door. I mean, like, Oh, you showed up. Here you go. Like she won out. Oh, no doubt over plenty of contestants. Yeah. And the other thing too, is it's one thing to like take in her, what she produces and then be like, not for me right. or whatever. Right. Like for me, Andy Gutierrez, um, huge, huge fan right now. But when she first started, uh, more Carboni than her. What? Mainly You're Carboni. Crazy. Carboni's fine. Uh, I love Car. I love them both. But if I had um, Andy Gutierrez, I would be weak in the knees for sure. No, no, no. I under. I, I, I well, I wouldn't be able to speak. Um, <laughs> but when it, it was Carboni at the very beginning, I wasn't a huge fan. I was like, yeah, oh, here's yeah. this white nerd. It doesn't even seem like he likes it, which, you know, is part of his persona. <laughs> and like, I was very turned off by that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't have a platform to share that publicly, but, you know. But also, it, if you'd have had the platform, would you have? Because that's the other thing. Like, I don't know. That's because I, I try to, I feel like the spirit of the time we're living in is like, empathize with one another. Let's find some common ground here. And I try to think of 
because again, like I said, I was thinking about this earlier this weekend before I found out about this happening with like comic book fans or stuff like that. And the the closest analog I have is that I really like heavy metal. I'm a big fan of heavy metal music. Go to heavy metal shows when there's not a pandemic on. Slay it in the pit. No big deal. But heavy metal is very much like not a not a huge genre. Like Metallica is big, but heavy metal is not big. But every now and again, a heavy metal band that like one night is playing a club where there's like 300 people all of a sudden, for whatever reason, will blow up and become huge. And then there becomes like a bunch of people like wearing that band's shirt or whatever. And it becomes like, oh, well, this is sort of weird. Like there's a whole other crowd of people that aren't necessarily coming to these horrible, sweaty clubs and slaying in the pit that are listening to this music and wearing these shirts. And I don't know. I mean, I guess every now and again, I'm like, you don't seem like you really like these guys, but I don't like, but they probably do. I don't know. Like I'm not, if, if somebody who's like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't get defensive when I see somebody who likes something else I like, and I'm certainly not going to go on social media and be like, you don't like it enough. Like I wouldn't, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine going online and, and, giving someone crap for enjoying something I also enjoy, right? Like if, I don't know, like what's the, what's the least metal thing you can think of? Like Kenny G, I don't know. Like if Kenny G went on Twitter and was like, uh, is the best band of all time. I wouldn't be like, Oh, I need to immediately dox Kenny G and tell him he's not a real Meshuga fan and he doesn't know anything, but time and time again throughout star wars there's this i like to think minority of the fandom who i don't know just decides that they need to burn down anything that's not like a straight white dude who likes star wars i don't know and i can attest personally to that um we went to a Macedon concert once and i was the only person <laughs> we did wait. in the whole um venue that was wearing patagonia or a button-down <laughs> shirt, for that matter. So, and here's a great example because I would tell you, Pete, mm-hmm. that was that was not a heavy metal show. Yeah, um, that's not what I, that's not how I shared it. That I was said, not a heavy metal show. I there said, was oh, no Mosh Pit. Cody at... and Cambria was the headliner. Mastodon mm-hmm. has only gotten softer with time. Yeah, and that's also how a lot of old people are too. Except for us, as we get right more. Right rugged and hard and um you know muscles to the nines so oh muscles to the nines baby yeah so um i i mean we have the same opinion on this um i'm i'm looking forward to seeing christina i'm looking forward to seeing what christina does um she definitely has some supporters here and i'm 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 very like I was we we talked about this on the pod probably sometime last year of being bummed that the Star Wars show was going to once a month. Yeah, um, and I hate to say it, but like I don't watch it anymore. Oh, it's me like, either. It's once a month, so it's not because it used to be it came out on Wednesdays, I think. So it's like mm-hmm. every Wednesday I knew it was there, but like I don't really because it, and it's longer now too. I think it's like twenty minutes to half an hour type of thing. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a, in a while. I haven't really. Well, there's um, was it Christine Baver? Baver, I think her name. Right, she does like the 
book club and i think she, she, she does high republic she, launch event she does this week in star wars so she does okay. like the little little blast um but also yeah i don't really consume it that um in any regular pace and yeah um, i don't know it's also like at a certain point it's like I'm going to be talking about Star Wars an hour this week, no matter what happens. Do I really need to hear somebody else talk about Star Wars? I can hardly stand to hear myself talk about it. Well, that's sweet, sweet content. You know, maybe there's oh, an interview God, or sweet, sweet content. Yariel Poof content. Yeah. Maybe we would know like the behind the scenes of why Yariel Poof or Opus Rancisis, uh oh, was, Rancisis. was in this book. Um, to make me happy. Although Oppo is referenced, Oppo boys. Uh, well, I can get behind that. Um, he's referenced, but, Oppo boys. but not shown. I don't believe he's in the last chapter. He's no, he's in the interlude though. Between oh, the council meeting, three, the council meeting, the council there. meeting where they're all like, oh, half of us are on this like new technology that. Yeah. Half we... of us have Zoom, and the rest of us are on. I don't know. Oh, and then there's AIM. There's the woke Mon Calamari Jedi that's like replacing Yoda. Yoda on his sabbatical. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was great. We should probably talk about this book, huh? Yeah. So, so you're finished. We're both finished. So the understanding is, unlike last week, where I accidentally made a boo boo. And I mentioned something that happened in part three. Granted, it was one sentence in one paragraph. But I do really pride myself on not spoiling things for people. And I did go past our mandate. So that was upsetting to me. Um, but this week, anything goes. We're finished. We're finished with this book. So We can say if we like it or dislike it. We can say... Um, yeah, we can say what happens at the very end. We can say what happens at the very end. We can talk about spoilers. And we can also talk about how the comics are trash for the High Republic, and they're really the upsetting. Comic book. They're really. Oh, upsetting. did you read it? No, but oh. I saw the picture of Ski, and uh, for like the next like, like next episode or next I mean, comic. To be fair, this didn't happen in the book. So just because somebody read the whole book doesn't mean they know this thing. This yeah. is going past the book. Yeah, so I'm, that that makes me really upset about that comic. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk I think the about trade is coming out in like June or August. So let's talk about uh, um the different part three, the storm. Yeah. So there's a couple um there's like the part with um the Nahi- the Niles, the uh, yeah, Nile. Nile. Um and we get, you know, each of those individual um characters and their where they are. We are with um Loden who is still chasing that ship um, to get the... Again, the timeline with that is so weird to me. Because he's chasing the ship. The ship sends a distress call. We're giving every indication that that distress call is essentially going to have to go through, like, the process a constitutional amendment would have to go through to be passed. Yeah. But then before Loden and... um, Apologies, the other Jedi. Oh, Bell. Hmm? Bell. No, not not Bell. Adira. Uh, oh, Indari. Indira. Indira. Yeah. yeah. Are able to catch those Nile. They're able to send that request and get it sent all the way up the line and have a whole fleet catcher. No big deal. But I would say 
to my mind, that's the one like hiccup in this book, or like that's the one thing I was I it momentarily took me out of it, and I was like, wait, how much time has passed here? But yeah, so Loden is chasing down these Nile. This is one one thing I think. Um... I wish Charles Soldier had done a better job of was describing these ships. Um, Cause there's various points where like, I don't really have a set visual in my head. Like mm-hmm. Odin is going after that ship and there's like, you know, um, there's a, a, a spot where, you know, you can go in through the side and Indira right. goes there first. And then Loden goes to get the father. Um, right. It, it was really difficult for me to envision because I'm trying to like run through my, you know, Star Wars vessels and ships and stuff like that. But, you know, those are all advanced ships. So it, it kind of, yeah. I, I just don't have the level of imagination to be like, what is this I'm actually yeah. seeing? I think it's, it's careful ground you have to tread though, because I think if you get too into the weeds with describing a spaceship, then you get into like, like you, you risk getting into George R. R. Martin describing a feast territory. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be it could be something like this. Of that's where I feel like cover art comes into right. If you have a ship leaving a planet, then that little you know ship that you see on the cover of the page, you can visualize that. Now, I'm not saying to Charles and the boys and um, the girls that are. You know, in the higher public, like, what are you doing? I, with my big swole mind, can't picture it. But here we are. It is what it is. <laughs> so that's fair. That's fair. Um, a couple things we talked about last week. Um, mm-hmm. I was bagging on Martian Row in the Nile a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I still think they're huge dorks. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, I know you're not about to say now you're not, because nothing in the third part would redeems any sort of... <laughs> no, no. Um, I I mean, it's clear that um, these are going to be the villains of the next book. Like, it, yeah. It's like they're the Empire equivalent, um, but it's more right. due to the High Repu- the Republic's refusal to like have a standardized army. So, like, we learn in this book. They got, like, a militia. Well, yeah, it's like a... Like, on-call militia. Yeah, so it's, like, it's 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 honestly, like, the the capital insurrection that happened where they called in Maryland, they called in Virginia, they called in other people's stuff so that they wouldn't have to bring mm-hmm. in, um, because they didn't have anything, any other troops on the ground um, yeah. in the capital. So, that's, the that's like, their writing device to make it a one for one or to make it look like they're outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Um, now, mm-hmm. what did you think of this big space battle? Because again, we're operating under the assumption. Everyone's read this book. If you're listening into this point, that space battle wound up being the climax of this book. Mm-hmm. While I was reading it, I did, it did not feel like the climax of the book to me. I suspected that we were going to get Jedi on the throne platform, the Great Hall. I suspected Jedi were going to be at the Great Hall swinging lightsabers and yada yada. 
and that does not happen. Like the the climax of this book is that battle. Yeah, I I the, the High Republic militia in in denial. I had I mean I what I read this in my digital copy. You have a physical copy, yes. Mm-hmm. So. I could see that there was like 60 pages left by the digital copies go is the last like 10 is um, the author's previous work. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. knew that this was going to be the climax just based off of what I was seeing. Um, it, it was weird. It felt like it definitely felt like this was a book that was jumpstarting the rest of the series. Um, yeah. Like the battle a foundational the battle was all right but you know it's it was interesting because i thought they were going to i thought they were going to the the nile were going to directly engage um admiral cronara's you know new republic fleet that had that had the jedi ship um in tow as well um Mm -hmm. but most of his plans were to leave um like the nile were trying to get out of that they were trying to run away and then they eventually right before Margin Row takes them over. No, not before Margin Row takes them over. It was before um, the Tarkin's planet that they like blew up. You know, portion mm-hmm. those hunters um, were after them. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, they were they got cornered off. Um, a couple. I mean, there were some things I didn't see coming, and there were some other things that because I had too much information. I was not surprised that certain people passed away or not. Ditto. Um, Thank you, High Republic comic book. Yeah, for sure. Um, and is that like the fault of them releasing everything at once? I I don't know. I kind of wish that there was like a list of you know you consume this, then this, then this. Maybe that has been published. Yeah, I mean, Charles Soule tweeted about it, but there was no sort of official doctrine on what order they came in and to to be fair no, nothing was like it's not like i found out like a major character died from the high republic comic book like after read well again so even if you haven't read the high republic comic book you've read the this mm-hmm. book so the the high republic comic book gives away that what is it jorah has yes. died and that Skeev has lost an arm. And so, I mean, to be fair, Jorah and Skeev are not huge characters in this book. They're in it, for sure. But they're not, it's not like Avar Chris or um, Loden Greatstorm or Bell or anyone They like play that. a large so, role in yeah, it, though. I mean, they, they, yeah. it, the book at the beginning makes it seem like, you know, Jorah and Ski is it Skeev's? Yeah. Who knows? Skeev. Um, our Sheev, Sheev Palpatine. Oh, wow. There's a dot that hasn't been connected <sighs> except by every Star Wars podcast yeah. out there right now. Um, but you think that they're going to be big. Like, you know, um, maybe it's Avar, Chris, and um, Elzar Man. Their next book is them on Starlight Beacon, and Jorah is the one that's sending them out on a mission, or. Maybe it's Bell and Loden doing that. Like you get that kind of feel, um, mm-hmm. but they go with a different route. Um, I thought it was cool that you know Jorah gets knocked out almost immediately um, mm. in that battle, right? 
Uh, I don't quite remember, like, honestly. Like they send, <laughs> no, no, no. They send out. So what happens is the Nile start killing each other. No, they start. They start creating. <laughs> Martian rope takes over their hyperdrives yes. and starts making them skip around. They're not doing. Yeah, like it's not up to them. They're yes, not doing that's anything. true. Their ships have been commandeered. They're not in control anymore. Um, it was it was very cool how they like he had them create debris, and then that debris went into the Republic ships. I thought that was like a really mm-hmm. cool addition of like guerrilla tactics and how you know their force can do this massive, massive damage. Um, I would yeah. really, I think it'd be really cool if or when. You know, this becomes a video game, like um, you know, some spin-off or DLC of Squadrons. Um, I would be really curious to see how this is populated. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. So um there's that space battle that occurs. Um which starts, I mean, that's like immediately, like I think the first chapter of part three is the beginning of the space battle. So it's I mean it goes so how we talked about last week i finished part two and started chapter three and finished chapter three in one sitting Mm -hmm. because i was just like i'm close enough to the end i'm gonna roll through this how did it go for you did you read it over a longer maybe like two nights but i when i saw i was like 40 pages away i just like powered through them um yeah yeah i the the main reason for that is there was not as many super nerd um chapters where it's like Oh, yeah. He pretty much takes a back seat yeah. in part three. And he he's like working with um, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Tar. Tar has like some can't wait for some Kevin Tar cosplay at Star Wars Celebration twenty twenty eight. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm I I assume that we'll see a bunch of Avar Chris's, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's. Mainly that battle, and then there's the inner politics of the Republic, and then there's the inner politics of the Nile, and then there's Loden's um, plot line. That's pretty much it. It's like those four, um, yeah, kind of things going on. Yeah, pretty much. So it's revealed that all the stuff that was allowed to happen on that weird magnet metal planet with that family and their homestead was for Martian Road to get his hands mm-hmm. on a Jedi. And that capturing load and great storm was the plan all along. Also what was revealed in part two that, which you talked about last week about the, the great tragedy or whatever at the beginning being an accident, like the, the path, the hyperspace path, crashing a Nile ship into a civilian ship being an accident. That was not true. It was not an accident. It was purposeful. It was the grand design of Martian, 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 Martian. And I, I gotta say though, I liked it more in chapter two when it was sort of an accident because that gave it, that made it a little more nuanced because it's like, yes, these are bad guys and they do horrible things but this galactic scale evil that they perpetrated ended up being an accident and it's like yes they were utilizing unregulated hyperspace routes or whatever but that's not in and of itself some horrible heinous violent crime 
and they just happened to do it the wrong way and billions of people died. But of course that's not the case. And it was the Joker's plan all along. Well, when, when, as they Uh, explain the size of the Republic and their military might, it showed that they're making it as if the Nile are a larger military force Um, because, you know, they muster all that and then they go against the Nile. They are more powerful, but you know that that's only one, like they think that that's all the Nile when that's literally just one third of one third of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, presumably they'll keep on growing because they have this, this false narrative they sell to the down and out of come here, have purpose, have freedom, yada, yada. Um, yeah, so he, Marjan Rowe ends up sowing this narrative of the Nile being defeated by taking over their ships and making them hop around like crazy and really giving the Republic uh, a fight before giving them a win. But really, he's just, you know, secretly plotting all along and he has his Jedi and he has some sort of matriarchal history of breaking Jedi. And his family does. For what purpose? Who knows? Yeah. Right. Uh, through his grandmother, he mentions, I think. And of course, he has a secret rod, which does. Who knows? And oh, you gotta love it, baby. You gotta love it. A secret name. And I can, of course, reveal here exclusively that his secret name is Martian Rowe Palpatine. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kyle. Um, why? Why a secret name? I just, I can't. No, no hate towards the higher public team. I have no idea what they've got planned. I'm sure it's something beyond the confines of the Star Wars we've experienced so far. I guess I'm just like, why? What was wrong with him before? What was wrong with Martian Rowe being Martian, Martian, Martian Rowe? Why does he have to have a secret identity so that everyone can be like, oh, he's Obi-Wan Kenobi's daughter? Oh, obviously. I don't know. Like, was he not a compelling enough character already that he had to have a secret name? And so it's either... He's nobody, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, then why do you even bring it up? Or he's somebody, and I'm like, why? Why does he have to be a my... I don't know. I just feel like, for my taste, there's no way that that can be resolved in a satisfying way. My guess is but it's you. going to be, like, military um, planets of the week. So you know how, like, um, mm-hmm. the Mandalorian Wars or whatever with the Jedi... I don't know what the timeline for that is. Maybe it's in between the High Republic, or maybe... I don't even think they know what the um, timeline is. But like you would know in the Star Wars universe, you know Mandalorians um, would fight Jedi, and then they got beat. My guess is this is a similar right. a similar um, situation of like a militaristic society, and either wiped out by the Jedi or they were enemies of the Jedi they were about to get wiped out and they refused or it's been shown that the Mm. Jedi didn't help them, which may or may not be the case. I I would, that would be my guess. Something similar to like, Mm. um, you know, Grievous's species is like a warrior species. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I get, I mean, now you're saying it like, I guess if it came out that like, Oh, 
Martian Rose is living under an assumed name because they are part of such and such a Mandalorian clan or something. If his name's like Martian, like I guess Revan, like, I'll I was, just... I feel so burned by Rise <laughs> mm-hmm. of Skywalker that I'm just like, there's no connection you can sew that I won't hate. But I guess, you know, if it, I, I, yeah, if it wound up being some sort of militant planet or something like that, I just live in, I just hate this whole, everybody's got to be a Jedi. Everybody's got to be a Jedi so that they can be important. Nobody that's not a Jedi that doesn't have force blood is ever important. Well, you, I don't know. I don't know. I thought he was fine just being yeah. who he was without being. I mean, he is guy. definitely a unlikable character. You know, he's torturing like a hundred year old woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, he yeah. is alone and has like a bat doctor. Oh God, I hate people. And who are alone. it's just like, can I get on my soapbox real quick? If you are alone, oh my God, you are deplorable. There's nothing I hate more than someone who's alone. All right. Just, um, thank God I have Chewy. Um, <laughs> here's what, so I, I think they do, they, I think in part three, they do a better job of painting Martian Rowe as like a mastermind and, um, adding scale to this conflict that's going to now span however many comic books, mm-hmm. um, and, mm-hmm. Yeah. books maybe the acolytes will be about um will have something to do with this too yeah so i think it does a fine job of that i particularly enjoyed not that i'm a masochist but the idea of Loden not being able to use the force because of so much suffering around him was an interesting concept yeah uh, because mm-hmm. with this with the dark side it, it that kind of calms you and allows you to kind of take over of using all that rage and fear and stuff like that. Um, but for Loden, that's something that's like breaking his concentration. And I do like, he like what pushes yeah. Martian row and almost like cracks his skull at the very beginning of their interaction. Yeah. But he's got like the helmet on or something. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. enjoyed that interaction. Um, it was something. Yeah. And yeah, I I'm torn because on the one hand it's like, and it's a te- it's a testament to this book. I'm I'm committed. I intend to read the next book. I don't want Loden to be tortured so much that he becomes a monster or a villain or something. But who knows? Um, but it, uh, yeah, I will say they choreographed it pretty good with him turning to Bell and being like, "You're a Jedi Knight, and I'm gonna be there to knight you myself." And as soon as that happened, I was like, "Oh, so Loden's gonna <laughs> die?" I I. Like he's, so that's one of those things dead. where I, I, I was very confident he was not going to die because he's in the concept art. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't see Jorah in the him. concept art, so I'm like, oh, Jorah's, Jorah is yeah. toast. Um, one fair. thing I wish, and this is a, a thing that I'm talking about again of the writing or maybe just me not being able to picture it, where when Bell rescues the, the daughter... I think it's the daughter, yes? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Rescues the From daughter. The yeah. What is the height of that? Like, Oh, a million miles. Um, yeah, space. Okay, yeah. No. <laughs> like, absolutely not. Um, that is not... That's a, an extent... And, you know, I'm a person that likes, you know, 
expanded Jedi powers just as much as the ne- next Poe boy. All right, but just like seriously, this 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 scrub. I mean, we can't even, we can't even save his master. Oh. All right, like he's Bell Zeta Formal, more like Bell can't jump a four. I mean, I mm, no, oh, I I like Bell as a character. I was just um, I wish they had written it a little bit more. Yeah, I but, wish they had oh. written it like maybe Indira like picked him up or something. Not that he jumped from an orbital ship and then uh, no fire hit him because he had the force. Remember. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I, I, I wound up liking all of the characters in that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, what, Indira, Bell, um, Angle, or Eagle, Angle, Eagle, Angle Man, Porter, Eagle Boy, Porter, Porter, Eagle. Angle. Yes, Ingle. Van- oh, have yeah. you looked him up yet? Yeah. He's literally a vampire. Oh, yeah, like- very cool. I just watched Lost Highway last he, night. He looks so like a vampire. He's old because he's a vampire Jedi, and they're they're getting a scent that he keeps sucking the blood from Padawan. <laughs> um, oh boy. Oh boy. Podcast at gmail dot com. Hi Republic. If you would like ideas, ideas for future contracts. Um, Porter Angle is a vampire. Oh, yeah, we're done. Well, calm down. Good Lord. We still got a minute here. I mean, what did you think of the book? I liked it. Um, or let's put it this way. What are you are? How are Do you feel excited for Kevin Scott's next book, which comes out? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I like Kevin. I really liked Jedi yeah. Lost. Which was the Dooku series. So, Kevin mm. Scott, I mean, I found out he's British. Yeah. So, like, the voice kind of creeps me out a little bit. Uh, yeah. But yeah, what a world. I, it's nice having different perspectives. Um, um, <laughs> yes. I, yeah. When people talk about representation and needing representation in media and pop culture, what they mean is too many white American men. We need more British white men. So I was glad that he was the second one to be writing a book in this series. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, um, I'm, I'm probably. For it. I, I feel like I've gotten in on the ground. But floor Claudia Gray's book comes out in February. Right, which is the young adult mm-hmm. novel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to read, read it. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. I don't think I will. Because I. And traditionally, not someone who reads Star Wars books, and I plan to mostly continue that because I have to read David Lynch's <laughs> biography. Yeah, so she did so, um, Bloodline, Master and Apprentice, and um, I read she she did Lost Stars as well. I did not. Well, did I read a Lost Stars? Oh, I read a Lost Stars too. Uh, okay, wow. So I've, I'm. Um, I am a big consumer of Claudia Gray uh, Star Wars um, books, as as nice. um, it were. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed Master and Apprentice. Um, I will get Into the Dark, which mm-hmm. is coming out February 2nd. Into the Dark. And that follows... Hmm. I mean, if we're stars for content, maybe I will. Um, that follows Wreath Silas. Just like... Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's following this one Jedi named Wreath Silas, who it's pe- post the disaster, and that's pretty much it. Um, so we'll see. Um, I am 
like I said, I master apprentice, which is um, the. We did a book, boys um, which shows Qui-Gon um, taught. It, it basically provides context to when Qui-Gon was considered for a council seat. Um, and mm-hmm. the reason that um, he either, you know, declined or it was revoked from him. Um, I won't give any spoilers for that. So mm-hmm. I thought she did a good job. Yeah, it was because of that interview he gave after Widows <laughs> came out. Um, what did you, did you, I assume you also noticed the Jedi architect, Paolo Hidalgo? No, um, I didn't. Oh, really? They talk about, in the last chapter, when they talk about the uh the starlight beacon or whatever they talk about it being designed by a jedi architect named paolo hidello i hope he gets bodied by the nile for being annoying (laughs) i i just hope he blocks half of the high republic on twitter um and what did you think of the post credit scene which for some reason needed to be in italics. The post credit scene was the, the Jedi party. It was Elzar Man yeah. and Evar Chris sort of having a moment. Yeah. I liked that part. And then it was Elzar Man having it wouldn't a be Jedi it wouldn't be Star Wars without them whatever. being like, hey Jedi, they've got feelings too. And maybe these two are gonna hook up at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that Tobey Maguire, Robert Downey Jr. movie at the beginning of Tropic. Yeah, so that, that's fine. Um, I enjoyed them showing, you know, some portions of um, Starlight Beacon because they were they were in like what some mm-hmm. uh, there's like three areas that show different climates from different planets, and they happen to be in one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and let me tell you, as someone who throughout their adolescence lived in an area near Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. Uh, Starlight Beacon sounds like a museum that you always hear about, but you're never actually... Well, it sounds like a place that you were forced to go as a kid, and people... Yeah, like, you go on a field trip, and it's like, well, I'm not at school, but it's like... And people I'm talk about it, like, that you meet from out of town. They're like, oh, I really want to go there, I really want to go there, and you're like... Really? I mean, I've had to be there yeah. so many times as a kid. That yeah, and it's like you go into the lobby, and it's like, oh wow! I hope they don't recognize me again. Jacket. And then it's like that's the end of like I don't know. Oh, cool, an old airplane. Um, wow. Funny enough, that was the. It took me like eight months to get somebody to go to the National Aquarium with me in Baltimore. Dude, you should have hit me up. I go to that. I've been to that corner um, times. It's nice. Um, it was. Yeah, it is. They got some cool stuff. They got the white alligator mm, still. That one, I I don't think they do. Um, okay. they have a sloth. What? I remember that. What happened to the Um, cancel culture. They had an albino. Um, alligator. so with that being said, um, Josh. And- if you know what happened to the albino alligator, poboyspodcast at gmail.com at poboyspodcast. Don't make the same mistake Connor made. Do not email poboys at gmail.com. It's poboyspodcast at gmail.com. See ya.